Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. And today, I get to talk to Mr. Paul Fix. He's a super freelancer in the industry. He is working right now at DeMassimo Goldstein as I speak. I get to talk to him about how he got into the business and how he became a uh, teacher at Ad House Advertising School, where uh, he's one of the first teachers you'll meet. He teaches the intro class, and he's got a really great way of making everything uh, very simple in the uh, interview you'll see that... uh, is a lot to say. So uh, I love talking to Paul. I always love talking to Paul. I could have him up here every day. But first, the A-List is brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. Advertising Age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy, an ad class is only as relevant as a professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz in the agencies where they work. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, go to adhousenyc.com, and for the latest news, follow AdHouseNYC on Facebook. Here's my talk with Paul Fix. Paul Fix. Thanks for coming in, Paul. Thanks for having me, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's good to be here. We've been talking for the last hour uh, <laughs> downstairs, so like it's, we have nothing else to say. So the, thanks for coming, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. No, uh, where uh, where did we first meet? We first met when you at, were at Kirshenbaum or was uh, it at JWT? We were at uh, at uh, uh, J. Walter Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rest in peace. No longer an ad agency. Yes, no longer an ad agency. Well, they're yeah. kind of, they're, they're they're Wonderman Thompson, right? Wonderman and let's, Thompson. Let's all let's all let's all just cool it and find out what happens here. Let's yeah. not let's not forget that Footcone Building, right? Also known as FCB, yeah, a long and storied ad agency, yeah. We once all lamented. We said, "We can you believe this? Yeah. They're now going to be called Draft FCB. Yeah. What are they called now? Draft? Nope. They're called FCB. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. AOL yeah. Time Warner, now back to being Time Warner. Time Warner. Yeah. Absolutely. These things uh, have a way of working themselves out. Yeah, and you, we've seen a lot of them. Absolutely. But uh, so you are one of the few uh, – Guess we've had that is actually an ad house teacher. I am, and uh, one of the first people that people meet when they come to ad house is, is you because you teach the beginning class, the beginner class. Do you call it that? Uh, it, it is. It's it's the intro class or the right. or the exploration class. Okay. Yeah, I think that there's. Uh, I actually have a I have a blog that I I did a long time ago for the class mm-hmm. when the class was called Intro to the Creative Process. Okay. So I started. A blog called Intro to the Creative Process with Paul. Mm-hmm. WordPress.com or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. I can't remember. That's a great URL. It's a, it's, you know what? Nobody had it. <laughs> Nobody had it. Um, and then at some point, the name of the class changed, I think, to Exploring the Creative Process. Right. But I wasn't going to go through and change that. Your whole website. I was going to do that. Yeah. So anyway. infrastructure. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Where, where did Paul Fix grow up? Uh, so, it's kind of funny. Uh, I always, if you ask me where I'm from, yeah, I'll always from? go. I'm I'll always go. I'm from Massachusetts because mm-hmm. I uh, I spent my uh, last year of middle school and all my high school years in Massachusetts. Okay, but I spent much more time right outside New York City in a town called Pelham, New York. Okay, but I'm totally not from there. I'm totally from Massachusetts. Right. You, Even though you, you spent only six years of my life there, it's like 
it, it was formative. So it was a little town called Longmeadow, Massachusetts. Okay. It's uh, right outside of Springfield, Massachusetts. And why did you move there? Uh, my dad got a uh, got a transfer with a job. What, what does he do? Uh, what did he, he do? He was uh, he uh, is kind of still in it. I mean, he's uh, he 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 works at Merrill Lynch. He's part of the was part of the old school Merrill Lynch, like the uh, the thundering herd, as they called right. them. Uh, these are you know everyone thinks these days of every banker and stockbroker being like you know uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. But my my dad was you know took. $2,000 accounts, $5,000 accounts from teachers and yeah. plumbers and firemen and tried to help them make a retirement and things like that. So, yeah. you know, he was part of that. And he, uh, at one point, he uh, he got a chance to be an office manager. And it was something he really wanted to do. And uh, it took him to Mount Kisco, New York. And then they said, hey, we'll give you an office in Springfield, Massachusetts. So he went up there. Right. And we went with him because we were young and small. It's where the American Revolution started. Uh, it A, a lot Concord, of things. Concord. Lexington well, and Concord. Nearby. Uh, uh, not uh, that's more out towards yeah, Boston, right? Springfield, though, yeah. is where there's the uh, one of the rebellions, mm -hmm. uh, the one uh, oh, the, the Indian Sh rebellion, uh, no Shays rebellion. Oh, Shays rebellion came down from Vermont, Got took it. over the Springfield Armory right afterwards. Okay. Uh, then the Indian motorcycles, Indian motorcycles, and Smith and Wesson is still up there. Oh, okay, yeah. So Smith and Wesson's in West Springfield. A lot of American, a lot of brands. You know what? It was. It's one of the saddest things. You know what it is? It's one of those towns. It's a, uh, it is a, it's a, you know, you think of the Rust Belt going from like, you know, Ohio. Right. And all, you know, it's like. Pittsburgh. But, Pittsburgh. But. Erie. But there's a rust, there's rust there too. And it's very sad. It's like, it's the Connecticut River rust because. Right, right. Towns like Torrington, Connecticut and uh, to a degree Hartford, although it was propped up for a long time by insurance. Right. Uh, and then Springfield, Massachusetts, like. They were all these amazing industrial towns that made all this stuff yeah. in the middle of the century. They made pencils. There was a time when, like, Springfield made everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you were a school kid, you were using pencils made in Springfield. Yeah. If you were uh, uh, in the Army, you rode an Indian or you fired a, a Smith & Wesson gun. If you were mm -hmm. a motorcycler, you got an Indian motorcycle. And was that still the case when you were going oh, to school no. there? No, 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 no. no so no, you grew no. up in a very uh, – so you, you were there in a very sort of – you saw the end of that, all of that. We were actually there when the, uh, by the way, another another rest in peace, but uh, right. uh, George H.W. Bush. We were there at the the like the the early nineties right. recession, right yes. before, which was That's really when bad. I got into the industry. Oh, <laughs> it was good times. Yeah, uh, that was a bad one. People for people kind of glaze over that because of the nineteen eighty seven crash, right? So so big and high profile. Yeah. But the that that early nineties recession was awful. I mean, that, yeah. That's frankly what. That's why H W Bush didn't get a second term. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just a real funny thing that I, I find to be, I find to be funny is. Um, uh, so maybe it's not that funny. Maybe I just find it funny. But um, <laughs> we'll be the judge. There was a. Uh, I remember seeing this. I was a, an avid Saturday Night Live watcher when I was a kid, like yeah. like every person in advertising, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing this uh, this sketch in the beginning of that election year, and the whole thing was they had all these Democrats on the stage, and I didn't know any of their names, right? Right? I didn't know any of their names, but like because I was young enough. Yeah. Although we were we were a well read household, so I think I like recognized a few. Right. But their whole the whole point of the sketch was all the reasons they shouldn't be nominated to run against George H.W. Bush. Right. Because at the beginning of the, the election year, yeah. it seemed like no matter who was going to be put up, it right. was a long shot. 
Right. He had just won Desert Storm in like 25 days. Yes, with Norman, Storman Norman Schwarzkopf. He had done there all the T-shirts yeah. that uh, people were yes, wearing. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, people knew Norman Schwarzkopf, and that's where Colin Powell came out. Right, like right. there were all these heroes from a war, and we were rah rah. We took down. We we, yeah. we forced Saddam Hussein out. My, without, uh, a without couple going of my to, friends yeah. were were there and came back, and we had a big uh, ticker tape parade uh, in uh, New York you City. Know, we were having ticker tape parades, and they were making jokes on Saturday Night Live. With uh, Phil Hartman right. playing Bill Clinton. This mm-hmm. is back when Phil Hartman would play Bill Clinton. Yep. And he was up there going, I mean, you just shouldn't elect me. I, I have so many problems. You yeah, know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah. and yet by the end of that election year in nine short months. Yeah. Clinton Everything trounced changed. him. Clinton trounced him. Yeah, trounced him. Yeah, but, but that's how because bad. Because the economy. Yeah, but, but that's, anyway, going back to it, that's that's how bad and this is already a Rust Belt town. Yeah. It was just a town in decline. It was so sad. Was and was so sad. mom a stay-at-home mom? Mom was a stay-at-home mom. And you uh, – what did you want to be when uh, you were growing up? I know this is I know this is going to sound awful, but I, I don't really know if I had any idea of like – I, I think mean, that's the normal. I yeah. Think that's I mean, the default. It's it's so funny. People. I think that like the the whole thing is is that you usually hear from people say, "I want to be this." I you wanna, know what I mean? Like, you but, know, drink beer this weekend. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. I had that. That was that was that was more my style. As I, I was like, I, I have no idea what I want to be. Right. You know, uh, I had tried various things. You know, like I was uh, I was a guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I like to jam around. You know, yeah. uh, but you never th- thought like, oh, I want to be a professional at that. Of course, I think any kid is like, I could be a rock star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't think, I don't think, but even, I, I think I was, I don't think I had delusions of grandeur. You know right. what I mean? Like, I was never like, I was, wasn't was standing in front of the mirror, like, making faces or anything like that. I was, you know, trying to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. Right. You know, which is, yeah. you know, which I could play pretty well. Yeah, yeah. You know. No. Don't do it, though. Yeah, not now. Wanna, no. Um, you're, and, but you never wanted to do what your dad did either. Like you didn't want to sort of follow in his footsteps or – No. I think that that's actually – it's it's a funny thing uh, that that is actually something – I would go to his office frequently. My dad was always a, a big proponent of like come to the office and like learn how Hang to out. do work. Yeah. Learn how to do work. So, you know – that this was back in the day that they had secretaries and right. like whenever there were mailers that had to go out and I'm not talking confidential mailers but just right. like hey we're there's a there's a new fund with a with a promotional APR on it, right, you know right, right. and we had to send like 10,000 of them yeah my brother and I would go to the office and my dad would my dad would pay us like 4 bucks an hour yeah. And we would help the secretary, like, fill the envelopes. And you were doing direct mail at that point. You didn't know it. I yet. did not know yeah. it. And, you know, <laughs> make photocopies, you know, like, right. you know, uh, collate files, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I did all this stuff. I never had a problem with the business he was in. I actually, I mean, I sort of found it fascinating. And I thought that the way, especially you know, as I grew older, yeah. I really like got to really respect my father is that I really do think that he's one of the good people like he really genuinely his proudest moments are the teachers yeah you know he has a couple he has a couple of people who like own a bus company you right. know what i mean right right a big bus company and he, right. they're, they're like one of his clients right which he took years to get sure but like he's really proudest of like the teachers the one, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like the people with the people who over years gave him sixty thousand dollars 
Yeah. And he helped over years turn it into $200,000. Right, right. You know, he's way prouder of that. So it's like, that was great. On the other hand, and this is a pride thing with me, I guess, I've never liked asking other people for help. And I've never wanted to ask my dad for help. Right. And when this is true, that when I got out of college, I was like, you went to Boston? Uh, no, I, I actually Sorry. I actually went to Fordham University Fordham, in New York. Right. Got it. But when I came to uh, when I got it when I got out of college, I was like, and I'll tell this story in a second about how I got into this. But I was definitely like, I don't want to go into a finance thing because I don't want to have to be like, oh, there's there's Mike Fix's kid. Yeah, let yeah, me yeah. let me help him out. Right. I. I've always been very against nepotism. Right. And it's actually one of the things that drew me to this business. Right. Is that like, for the most part, I'm sure, yeah, obviously there's Donnie Deutsch. You know what I mean? Right. Who like, who's, who, by the way, did an amazing thing with his dad's right. agency. Yeah. And so no sweat off his back there. But right. there are those people. But for the most part, especially in the creative department, it's like, you're here because you do things well. Yeah. Not because, right. not because dad could get you a job or you're or you went to the right college or, or you, you went to the went right to college the, it's yeah, like yeah. you know a person out of harvard with a crappy book is still a, a person with a crappy book yeah you know um and what made you choose fordham and and what did you sort of major in while you were there were you a writer were you, was that so so i was uh uh again by the way not not wanting help so i spent a lot of my high school my brother uh, ended older up going. Uh, was older than me. Okay. Ended up going to Northeastern University in Boston. Uh -huh. It was an hour and a half bus ride away on the Peter Pan bus lines, which were based out of Springfield. Yeah. So uh, I would go down with like fourteen. I, think was, I think I remember this fourteen dollars. Yeah. Which my mom would give me because she like loved the fact that my brother and I would hang out. Right. And uh, <laughs> at the, starting at the age of like fifteen, when yeah. he got out there, I would jump a bus. You know, maybe like. Maybe once every two months, I would, or maybe once. It seemed, like, it's, it seemed like once a month, I would jump a, bu a bus on Friday afternoon, go out to Boston. My brother would get me into bars at the age of fifteen. I couldn't yeah. drive. My brother would like somehow be getting me into a bar sure. in Boston because he he was even We're though he not was going to say which specific yeah, bars. Even though he was only like nineteen years old, he had already gotten to know everybody in Boston. He right. he was really good at that. He would take us to parties, or we would like hang out in his his dorm and, and have fun. It was just great. We listen to music, and we've always had a really good relationship. So yeah. the funny thing though is when it came time again to go to college, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I definitely want to apply to a city. Like I want to apply I, because you wanted that experience. I want that experience, right? But I don't want to go to Boston because. Same reason. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't, be, I don't want to be Mike Fix's little brother. Right. So both both my my other fixes are Mike's. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't want to be Mike Fix's son in business. Yeah. And I don't want to be Mike Fix's little brother in Boston. Right. So I was like, well, I was like, you want to make your own way. I want to make my own way. Yeah. So I like went to New York, and then it was kind of great because then my brother could come down to New York. And Fordham's in. Uh, it, it's it, it's the... it's in the city. Right. It's in the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, they have a campus on uh, 59th or 58th Street uh, by Lincoln Center as well. Right. That's like the arts and business school. Right. I went and went uh, – became an English major. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and when did you realize this advertising thing might be a, might be a thing that you're into or so, – So I went through college and I was pretty positive that I wanted to do pre-law. Pre-law. Right. Okay. So I went through an English major 
with a pre, with pre law, and I had talked to a lot of people at Fordham, and they said actually this is a this is a pretty good thing to go in, into law with. Right. You're going to do a lot of writing in law, especially yep. if depending on what type of law you get into, you're going to do mm-hmm. a lot of writing. So having skills about writing is, is not going to be a bad thing. Not to mention it's a good liberal arts background. Yeah, uh, and learning the liberal arts to you know to to go on in, into that world. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's just say let's just say some legal stuff happened. Okay. I, I got to see the inside of a courtroom. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. There was a, a large part of me that was like, I don't, I, you know, it was so funny. I got like, I got, uh, I got off fine. Yeah. But it was like, but, uh, uh, kid stuff. Like it was, uh, it was kid stuff. Kid it was, stuff. yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was dumb stuff. I got. Yeah. He did I, not collude with Russians. I did not collude with Russians. No. no, I did not collude with Russians. No, frankly, I'm not. I'm not proud of what it was. I'm right. not proud of what it yeah. was. But yeah. it's like, but uh, there was there was no harm done to anyone. Right. Yeah, there was no harm done to anyone else's property. Yeah. It was all pure stupidity on my part. Mm-hmm. I am very lucky that no one got hurt. Let's yeah. just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thank my lucky stars every day yeah. uh, that, that that didn't happen because life could have been very different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did something very, very stupid, should never have done it. And, right. uh, and you know, so I ended up in the courtroom. Yeah. And I will say this, is that basically – I really kind of saw how rigged the justice system was because I had enough money to pay a lawyer a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. The lawyer kind of walked in, you know, kind of, if you will, not, a, you know, the prosecutor came in beforehand. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was a there was a good, good style handshake. And it was right. like it was like we'll give him the, the maximum amount of probation and we'll give him a, a, a big fine. Yeah. And my lawyer walked out with the easiest day he's ever had. Right. And 500 bucks. And I was like. Where was like the witnesses? Where right, were the trial? Yeah. Where was the where was the whatever? And it's like, and I was like, you know what? I don't, Most of it I don't, was just I, that. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. Right. You know, right. I was naive, so I was sure. like, I don't want. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Right. So uh, I'm back at school, but it didn't really matter because yeah. now at college I had gotten into a band. Right. And uh, now, while I had never had delusions of being a rock star, right, and I really didn't. Uh, however. You know, we had interest. This was back in the day. We had interest from Sony Records. Wow. You know, well, I mean, a a subsidiary, you know, a subsidiary yeah. label of Sony Records. Right. We had like, you know, we had a a, a, a Grammy winning producer who like wanted to do some stuff with us. Wow. And you I know, didn't know this, Paul. Yeah, we were like, and you know, we were we had we had uh, you know we self produced uh, we self produced a CD. Uh, which, by the way, sounds easy to the kids these days with the garage band and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But this is back in like this you is had back to go in get studio time at the, the time. This is back in the in the in the in the late nineties, and it's like we had right. to go get studio time, and then we had to like, ha- you know, we had pay an engineer. We had to pay an engineer. We had tape, you know, two and a half inches thick or two yeah. inches thick, and then we, uh, you know, actually we ended up doing it on on DAT the first round because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford. Tape. But even that, I find DATs in my in my uh, closet now, and I'm like, "What? Who's gonna ever? What, what am I gonna do with this? Garbage. And I can't throw it away because it's <laughs> like do. you know, I, I just I can't. So, uh, so it was all it was all on DAT tape, and you know, we and we had to like press a CD, and we had to figure out how to do that. And you yeah. know, we pressed uh, we pressed uh, two thousand copies of the disc, and yeah, the, I think there's only there's only four unwrapped copies in my room. Oh my god! And that's the the rest. The rest at some point were gone over well, a couple we, years. Maybe we can Matt. Maybe we can throw this uh, CD on the end of the uh, maybe on the end maybe. Of the uh, there's so anyway. So we got uh, so you know so, so so that was going on. So that that was exciting. So I get out of uh, I get out of college 
and it's fine. We're going to make a run of it with the band. Yeah. We're, we're going to make a run of it. We're going to yeah. like, we're going to go live together, mm-hmm. and we're going to do this. The only place where we could, f- they would allow five guys yeah. to live with very little employment amongst them. Mm-hmm. and who wanted to practice was we ended up living in a completely illegal squatter uh, squatter apartment warehouse in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we were in That's Newark. so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. It was, it was in Newark, New Jersey. And we had this like – we had half a floor of a, like a, a – pretty much over a slave factory on like the second and third floor of textiles. Yeah. So like we were upstairs – I'm probably going to die an early death of asbestos from right. this place. You were breathing but things. We were, um, you know, but it was great. It was we, we had space. Yeah, uh, we had a, a bathroom amongst five of us, which is yeah. great. We but we had huge areas. Yeah, and we uh, were you in college or you're no, out this, of college? We, we were out of college now, so this is our first year out of college. And no job, no job. But you're living in Newark. But with we're a living bunch in Newark. Of, what do your parents think at that? Point? So this is funny. So I call my dad, <laughs> and my dad was because I'm worried. About I you was. At this point. I was. I was uh, I was always kind of shocked at this. My dad was very, very, really, really supportive. Yeah. And I remember getting on the phone with him. And he goes – and by this point, you know, it's like I'm 21 or 22. Yeah. And I like – I'm well out of the – I'm not a teenager anymore. Like I have a very good relationship with my father. Oh, great. Really good relationship with my father. And I really trust him. And uh, he was like, look, you're young. You got to try this. Yeah. You got to make a go of this. Yeah. Wow. Uh I'm not, oh, gonna, great. I'm not gonna support you right. like financially, but I support you yeah. morally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I want you to do this. Yeah. He goes, I want to say something. You know, your 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 little shows are gonna be at night. Yeah. And you've got a lot of energy. Yeah. And it's a lot of idle time to have during the day. Yeah. So here's the thing. I want you to do this. I want you to go out and give this a try. Uh-huh. But I also think you may want to think about getting a job. <laughs> and I thought I was like, you know what? He's not. He's not completely wrong. Right. Like he's not completely wrong because I don't like to be bored. Yeah. I like to be like always doing something. Right. I really like to always be doing something. Yeah. So I go. I'm like, okay. Let me get a copy of the New York Times in paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me open up to the classified sections. Yeah. And let me see if there's any jobs I can do. <laughs> Really? That was it? Yeah. Now, maybe I'm just lazy. Right. Because don't forget, advertising comes very early yeah. in the classified sections. Yes. But I started going through. And uh, I started going through, and I was like, I was like, what can I do here? And I get down to advertising. It's yeah. like all positions wanted. All positions wanted. Mm-hmm. Media, I have no idea what that is. Account, I have I don't do accounting. Because this yeah. is how little right. I, under, I understood. Yes. yes. Right? Media, I have no idea what that is. Account, I have no idea what not that is. I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with numbers. Yeah. Traffic, I don't I, I don't want to be a driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. like, like, so there's, I'm going through all these things. And then I get, it's like, it's like, uh, and, uh, and writers. Right. And I was like, I was like, I would love to. I went to school for that. I went to school for that. I, yeah. went, I was an English major. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I make this call. Not knowing to who? well to the number, the number in the because yeah. it's the classifieds. Yeah. So I make this call and uh okay, come in and see us tomorrow. Okay, cool. So I go in, it's a it's a it's a headhunter. Right. B- better yet, and this is a little New York aside for yeah. all of our listeners. Yeah. Um you know, 
I don't know. Have you ever stepped foot inside the Empire State Building to not yeah. go to the top of it? I just did that today, okay. actually. We have a client in the Empire State Building. Okay. I don't know how it is right now in your client's area, yeah. but let me tell you something that, like, the Empire State Building, for being as iconic as it is, can be literally the most hor- horrendous office space in all of New York. <laughs> it's like yeah. they the hallways are painted ceiling, walls, and floor, battleship gray. Yeah. And, like, you literally feel like, did I get off on the, did I get out of the uh, the freight elevator? Yeah. Like, this is, like, crazy. And then you walk in these doors that are, like, you know, have a l- little label, and then you walk in, there are these little offices in there. Yeah. So I walk in. There was this class. Who was in I there? don't, you know, I'm, I remember. I've never been very good with names, but, right. but this is what I remember. And I remember it so clearly. This woman is sitting there, you know, piles of papers and yeah. portfolios all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I had never seen before. Piles of paper and stuff all over the place. She's got a little lap dog, like a Pomeranian or something, in yeah. her lap. And she is sucking down cigarettes. Yeah. Right? Because by the way, this is, you know, this yeah, is nineteen this is nineteen ninety nine. You could still yeah. smoke inside. You could smoke everywhere. So she's got, you know, ashtrays full of butts, right? Yeah. And she's like, hey honey, you here? <laughs> you here for the advertising jobs? Okay. And I sit down and she's like, so what do you want to be? I was like, well, I'd, I'd like to be like a writer. I'm okay. Listen, listen. I can, I can be like a writer's assistant until I figure out the ropes or, or you know, <laughs> do whatever. Is I could be like a whatever. She's like, so a junior writer, and I was like, yeah, junior writer. That'd be great. <clears throat> she goes, where's your book, honey? I go, well, I haven't really begun writing my book yet, but I, <laughs> I have quite a few papers which I had stuck in my in my briefcase, yeah, which yeah, I had briefcase. Yeah, yeah. I had stuck. <laughs> Papers that this I had written like in college. A, it's like a John Candy movie. <laughs> yeah, so, I had, so far, I had papers like printed out. You know, yeah. uh, you know, papers that I had gotten like straight A's on yeah. in, for my literature major. Right. You know, so I'm pulling out things like book uh, reports. Yeah, basically book reports, like you know, a, a, a dissertation on like po- Portnoy's complaint. Yeah. You know, like uh, talking about animal references in uh, in uh, George Orwell's. Yeah, George, George. Well, it wasn't that one. It was. Yeah, it was one of those anyway. And she was like, uh, she was like, honey, I, I don't want to see a book. I want to see your portfolio. Yeah. And I was like, what's a portfolio? Oh, amazing. <laughs> so, and so she goes, she goes, honey, she's like, you got to have a book full of ads. And I was like, well, I have, have worked in advertising. She's like, she's like, okay. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to work this out for you. I got a job for you. This is great. It's in the media department. Yeah. I was like, the media department? I was like. I was like, is that like, is that close to the writer's job? She's like, oh yeah, people from media move to move. People from all media move to creative all the time. That's amazing. So two days later, uh, again, this was 1999. Yeah. Height of the dot com boom. Yeah. I go over to Ogilvy to go apply for a position as an assistant. No, no, no. Uh, 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 a media. Co- I can't even remember the job. It was below assistant media planner. Right. It was like below that. It was like internet coordinator. Right. Basically, sure. I was collecting. The, I was collecting data. I was right. like collecting data and putting it into Excel spreadsheets of how many clicks yeah. they had for like all these things. So I go into this job interview. I do my whole spiel. I'd like to be in creative, but this is like where they sent me over to. But I'm really willing to learn, eager to learn, or whatever. This is the old days, and this is going to be very. This is going to might turn off young people from this because they might be like, oh, the, he he had it easy. But uh, frankly, we did have it easy at this time. Yeah. Uh, I left Ogilvy. This was it. This was when they were at three oh nine or three forty nine or three oh nine at Eighth Avenue, the pencil building. Yes, okay? that's where I yeah. I, I worked yeah. there. I went downstairs in the elevator. Yeah, 
four floors, maybe six. Downstairs in the elevator, walked out the front door, walked to the corner, got on the payphone because you didn't have cell phones. Right. Picked up the payphone, dropped a quarter in, called the recruiter to tell her that I did the interview. Right. She, uh, she picks up the phone. Hello, honey. And I was like, hey, it's Paul Fix. I just want to let you know. Yeah, she got the job. <laughs> <laughs> they needed people. A so, warm body. They needed a warm body. Yeah. They would. They needed it so bad. I went to an interview, and by the way, I was like, I was because I had like uh, I had still gone to help my dad a couple times during college at, yeah. at at Merrill Lynch in summers. Yeah, I was like wearing this like gray flannel suit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, button up with a yeah. with a, a Jerry Garcia tie. Oh Remember when Jerry Garcia God. made ties? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like I was wearing a Jerry Garcia wow. tie and this, and this like white shirt and a button up suit, and it's like I walked out and I, I got this job at uh, and then I found out <laughs> soon afterwards. Within yeah. a few days, people don't move from media no. to no. People don't no. move from media to Certainly not uh, that to, job. to uh to uh to creative. But how long were you there? Uh I was there for about a year and a half. Wow. And and uh and frankly, uh good money. Here's the thing. I was one. You're working for Ogilvy, so you're getting good health care and all those things. I was working things. for Ogilvy. By the way, yeah. it was Ogilvy 1, but it was still Ogilvy. That's okay. my first job as well, Ogilvy okay. 1. It so, was Ogilvy Direct yes. right, when I was Right. There. It became Ogilvy 1 when it became the the internet days. Right. So here's the things. Number one, I had a team uh, full of people I, I loved, I adored. I still, like, look at them, and they were, like, just – they were so young. I was like – I mean, my, my boss was just like uh, – she was this, this woman. She's absolutely great. Her name was Jillian Beck. And she was, I mean, she was like 27, 26 or 25 years old. Right. And she was like running a team of like 12 people. Yeah, and she you was so she smart. She was like an old lady at that time. No, well, <laughs> I, I, well actually, I, actually it, was, it was the reverse. It was the first like real job I'd ever been to where like young people ran the show. Right. She, right, had, an right. O- she had an office like right. with a window, you yeah. know, like she was doing great. We had, uh, we had great people on that team. And, uh, it went so well, actually, that they were like, after a couple of weeks, they're like, uh, it, it, literally, it's like maybe two months or three yeah. months. They were like, we're promoting you to assistant media planner. We're giving you a big raise, which at the time was big for me. You and know, what do you? What do you? Uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm collecting data through like in, in Excel. No, but what, what do you think you did to uh, get in people's good graces? Like, what was your secret? Because I think a lot of uh, kids listening are probably like. Well, that's great. He got a job. He had no idea what it was, and he said yes to it. What an idiot. Uh, you know, all those – like I can hear all those uh, sort of arguments against it. Now, I say take any job you can in this business, and it doesn't matter it, as long it, you as know you're what? in. But what did you do to stay in that job? Uh was there any doubts about like, hey, I didn't – like this a random woman just sent me to this random place and like – You know, the simple fact is – I walked in the door and uh, I was like uh, – for, OK, for one thing is I was – if I may say so because it might not be sounding like it right now. Mm-hmm. But I was a humble person. I was like – I didn't think that I ever deserved a job. Right. Like I was kind of – there was a – you know, there's this whole uh, – there's this nice – There's I really like this. I really love this. Thing that people talk about right now, this imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. where there's these days where people wake up and they go, I think the whole world's going to find out that I'm faking. Yeah, every it's day. It's like everybody in the world – I feel that way. Is, – is faking. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a dad and I'm like, you know, 
Yeah. You know, the you kids. You have no idea what you're doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. It's like every day I'm just, I'm just faking it, but, yes. but faking it until I make it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I have, I've never had imposter syndrome because I've never, it's not a syndrome. It's like I'm, I, I, like, I'm not even an imposter because yeah. I'm not trying to pretend I, I, Right. I, I know anything. Yeah. I literally walked in and, you know, I, I could – by the way, this is, again, pre-internet. So, like, right. there was no me researching Ogilvy. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, right. You within didn't the, do that. Within, you didn't say, like, oh, I need to get ready for this uh, this interview and I need to know who I'm talking yeah. to. And I went have in, their LinkedIn profiles in my back pocket. And I went into this interview and I said – and they said, okay, so what do you know about advertising? And I'm like, Nothing. <laughs> But I'm really willing to learn, you know? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What do you know about David Ogilvy? I was like, nothing, but I just heard that he has a few books, and I promise I'm going to read them this week. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right, right. And, and, uh, do you that, think that just that just sat well with the woman that you spoke I, with or the person that you spoke with I, when you first got there? And then they were like, hey, he seems like a nice guy. And then I think that one— There was also a hiring boom like crazy. Right, there's a hiring boom like crazy, and I think that— I think that there was – I think that uh, I come – you know, I come and I suggest anybody else do this. Is like I <coughs> – excuse me. I'm like pretty bright-eyed and starry-eyed and like energetic and I'm just like, I just want to roll up my sleeves and help yeah. out the team. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. – and that is kind of literally what I did You're from – You're still like that too. I I, I, I – I, I really honestly think that it's the only way unless you like run something or own something or – and even then, unless you like own something or were given, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars by your parents and you can say F you to people. Yeah. I think the honest to God thing is the only thing you can keep doing is being like, I am so excited. Yeah. I I cannot wait to get to know everything about your vinyl siding company. Right. And I'm not – that's yeah. not – I'm not even – the funny thing is, even as I said that coming out of my mouth, I literally said to myself, I would love to find out all about vinyl siding. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so. I think that's a prerequisite for anybody who wants to do curiosity. this on the creative side or yeah. any side. And look, I think that, you curiosity. know. Curiosity. Uh, maybe one thing that did help and me. And not pretending that you know what you're talking about, which so many people pretend. That is such. you get caught every time. That's a disease that is in this industry right now is, yeah. is that people are pretending like they know what's going to happen. Right. And they're pretending like, you know, and it's, it's, it's come around, you know, we have this talk about words, these, these words that get thrown around, you know, and, um, I, I will say this. And like what uh, words, uh, what are we talking well, about? Well, okay. So like how many times have you heard over the last three years, how many times have been meetings have you heard programmatic media? Oh yeah, sure. I'm not kidding when I say this. It's about six days ago, six mm -hmm. days ago, I was on the phone. Mm -hmm. And someone brought up, they're like, well, and what we really want here is some programmatic media. And mm -hmm. I actually just stopped and I said, you know what? And I was like, I, I just got to go for broke on this. I said, I'm not sure I know what the word programmatic media means. Mm -hmm. And I was being genuine. I wasn't, right, right, I wasn't, right. I wasn't trying to bust the person. I was yeah. like, I, I, maybe this person could be the person who can explain yeah, it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of fumbled and stumbled through an answer. Yeah. Which was about as much as I knew. Yeah. But, you know, I would never – I mean, not to say that I don't talk 
programmatic media when it when we have to talk about it. Yeah. But it's like there's a lot of people who will throw a lot of words right. around. And by the way, I'm just picking on programmatic media as sure. one of the words. Sure. But there's there's a what lot of these really things. What really meant was I would like something that just does my job for me and gets it. Yes. Makes all my decisions yes. for me. And there's these words like, you know, there's these words I we heard sound. bots can yeah. do that. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, scalable is like the new proactive. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like there's, you know, there's these is words. Is it scalable? Is it scalable? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we used to say it doesn't have legs. Anyway. Yeah. But going back to the, the initial question is I got I, – I just went in this job and was like, okay, for one thing is I did have one safety net that I know is, you know, a lot of other people don't have, which is that I was going to be a rock and roll star. Mm-hmm. Even though I was humble. Yeah. I mean, this band was going places. I mean, yeah. we were we – were, now going down to Philadelphia to record with a Grammy-winning producer who was establishing a new studio from his L.A. studio in Philadelphia. And we were like one of three bands that he was like recording. Wow. So it was like awesome. Like we were going to – we were we, we were going places. This, I may as well – wouldn't it be great if down the road in Rolling Stone magazine, which hardly exists anymore, yeah. but like – wouldn't it be great if down the road it's like, yeah, I actually did media while we were starting <laughs> – while we right. were getting this band going to make sure yeah. we could pay the rent, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, instead, it turned the other way, which mm. was that the band uh, fell apart and dissolved. Yeah. But but wait, by the way, this is great. Not uh, not to uh, because they need a warm body so so much. I would go around at this place, and while yeah. I was there, look, I get bored easily. I don't want to mm-hmm. be bored. Mm-hmm. So I got really into my job as a media uh, an internet coordinator. And you did. You, I, you, I got kind of got into. I it. just got really into it. You just like you got to get into it, right? How do you do that? Like, how do you get into a job that you you're not into? What did you, what did you do specifically to get into that job? Well, for one thing, is I am I have learned. I learned at that job. I learned to absolutely love and respect Microsoft Excel. Microsoft Excel is absolutely a fabulous fascinating program mm. and it really is one of the it can be one of the most powerful things mm-hmm. like in that in the suite of every people's everyday programs yeah like you know you'd be surprised what excel can do yeah if you know how to write equations and i was never a math guy but all of a sudden when it started to be like oh you can see it on the page you go oh what we need to do is we need to take this right cell one yeah and we need to know what happens if we multiply it by a variance of either cell two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight on days. Yeah. And what is it going to take to get to a million clicks? Right. You know, to get to make sure that this CPM buy yeah. uh, is, or, you, you know, like, right. you, you know what I mean? You know, or this CPC or CPM buy is right. going to make it work. And the thing is, is that, look, you're there for eight hours. Right. You, you better be damn good at it, right? Yeah, like you, yeah. like you, you, you may as well at least get into it. Yeah. So I did. I got really into it, and then I got uh, promoted to uh, all the way to assistant media planner. Yeah, which is uh, amazing. And yeah. they were like, "Here's the one problem. Do you know anybody who could who could come and like take your place?" And I was like, "I got the guy." And it was the drummer from my band. So now my drummer and I are there, <laughs> and we're drinking free beer every Thursday. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we at Diablos. Uh, Wasn't it called Dia- David? David's. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. David's, yeah, but it was him, like a, like a. Yes, he was a, he was a. Yeah, he was a devil. Anyway, and he had the, uh, and we had uh, and free popcorn, and there was free popcorn. Yeah, and you know, it's like, look, I was even, even making money. By the way, you look back on it. I mean, honestly, like now, now I, I look at it. It's like, you know, even with my massive promotion, I was not 
much far, not far out of today's standard of poverty. Not, right. not even kidding when I yeah. say that. Like right. the the the. But to me, who had never had a job before, I was rich. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. rich. Yeah, and. Were you, you still know, living in Newark? And we were still point? living in Newark. That's amazing. And uh, uh, and my my share of it was three hundred and fifty bucks a month. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which we had to take the path train on and yeah. walk by uh, a junkyard full of pit bulls. Yeah. Uh, but still, yeah. it was awesome. We never got we never got assaulted or anything like that. No, it was fine. of course not. Newark was great. Newark is amazing. Um, so parts of Newark are not amazing, but so <laughs> the um, uh, so everything was going well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know. Literally, I lived the life of the media planner, which was no parties. Joke. What's that? Parties. Parties. Yeah. I Playboy parties. Playboy. Like, like like magazine crazy parties. Like crazy, crazy especially parties. in 1999. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, so it was going off the hook. And uh uh, uh I would have lunch at uh we would have lunch uh, not every day, but like, you know, like once a month. We, I had lunch at Jean George. Right. You know? Yeah. And this is back in the day. It was me and this yeah. beautiful, beautiful young uh, assistant media planner who was my very good friend. Right. Uh, her her name's Suzanne Yarwood. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, and uh, we were sitting there with a guy from the Wall Street Journal and <laughs> no one else, uh, 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 none other than uh, yeah. owner of the building, Donald Trump comes walking by our table. Oh, my God. And just- Gl- like just I can't stop un- looking at your un- beautiful friend undresses Suzanne yeah. Yeah. like like undresses as he Ooh, passes by look at you. And, I and, imagine. and meanwhile I'm like I'm like you know because this is back in this is back before is he back was divisive before we knew he, or well he was less lenient. divisive less um, divisive okay go <laughs> yeah. on so and, and I'm of course like and it's like not yeah. even <laughs> me <laughs> too look at me hi hi look at me it's like nope not one bit not just one bit. just undresses yeah. her as he walks by Perhaps no, he was with a a a, a, a guy. Yeah. But anyway, just just yes. so, but then and then go home and eat ramen noodles. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, so Jean George for lunch, ramen noodles for dinner. Yeah. So um, but that's advertising. That is advertising. Yeah. But we were we were drinking beer every Thursday and free wine, and we would then we would go to parties, and we we go back to Newark. Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it, and then we'd play in a band. It was yeah. great. And all the people in media would all come out to see our band. It was great. And, yeah. then, the, and then the band fell apart. Right. And then the band fell apart. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, it was a very upsetting time. So when, when did you start to, were you still having the, in the back of your mind, like, oh, I'd love to be a writer or now were you like, well, now I'm not, I, I'm a, cause there's lots of people out right, there listening right, totally. that so, are media planners, <laughs> assistant media planners. They don't go to as many parties anymore because right. uh, all that shit fell apart. Uh, and, uh, maybe they do go to parties. I don't know, but, uh, they're thinking I would love to be a creative. Uh, how do I make my move? Did you have to go to a different place? So, like- so, so, the, so, so the band fell apart and I got drunk for about a week mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was really uncomfortable because we were still all living together because uh, we had a lease to be out and it was yeah. fine. Um, and you know, there was like factions and sides and things like that. Oh. And it's it, too bad, but it was like, yeah, it, it always was, happens. It always happens. It always happens. Would and after your band, our band, yeah, that's Beatles. it. Those are the only, the only three. Yeah, um, and then I was like, okay, what about being a job as creative? Because I had this is back again. Don't forget, this is media is still in house, right? So we had a few meetings where we actually sat in meetings where creative people were in there, mm-hmm. and I just shut up, just listen, and I was like. And actually, by the way, this is crazy, but I actually got to sit in meetings with Steve Hayden. Right. Uh, because we worked on the People PC account, mm-hmm. which is a defunct internet company. Mm-hmm. They had the great idea of 
uh, we'll give you a computer right. for free. Yeah. As long as you sign up for our internet, which you can cancel at any time, <laughs> which people did exactly that. <clears throat> Anytime being right after they received the free computer yes. and yes. got on like AOL. Yes. So they were an internet company that was, you know, giving away free computers. Great idea. By the way, I got a computer. A people PC computer? Yes. And okay. I did not uh, get uh, stay on the internet. Right. Um, even though I was like working there. Right. Yeah, um, no. How because, can you – I mean – Because because I think the client left Ogilvy and yeah. uh, I uh, – Because they didn't have any money. Yeah. And Ogilvy was, was going to like let us expense the, the monthly internet. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not paying for an internet on my own. Yeah. Because they're, they have internet at the library. And who right. gets on that thing uh, – on this thing that often anyway? Yeah. That's how crazy the world yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Anyway – but I was like, look, I want to get back into this, and I think I need – I think I want to be a writer. If I'm going to do this, I've seen what, what these folks here can do. Mm-hmm. They get to create on big stages as well. Yeah. They get to, to create like Not cool in Excel, things. though. Not in Excel, but, no. they get, but these are the writers, and they get to yeah. create cool things, and the yeah. uh, art directors. So at the time, the creative department was on the eighth floor, mm-hmm. and I used to go up – because I, by this point, had read all of David Ogilvy's books because mm-hmm. I told them I would, and I mm-hmm. did uh, – I would – every night that I worked late, I would go up and walk around the eighth floor. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the color copiers, which were very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And I would take the stacks of printed out stuff and I'd sit there on the floor and I'd read through all the people's ads, scripts, really? and ideas. I just want to Did you see. ever get caught by the person? Uh... Occasionally. Occasionally you would and I was – I would just say something. I'm like – just like I'm just looking. That's so funny. And they recognized that I wasn't part of the creative department. So it was like, what, what, right. what harm is he going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I would go up. They had framed posters of the best work around at the time. And I would, right. I, I, I must have read, there was a, there was a really beautiful, uh, by the way, this was a client, so I can say this very quickly, ONDCP, yeah. uh-huh. Office of National Drug Control Policy. Yes. Uh, I know that acronym. Yes. Uh, but there was a beautiful ONDCP ad campaign, which I loved. There were these kind of 70s hippie flowers. Mm-hmm. There were the 70s hippie flowers. And then they had these, like, these lines, like, written in kind of hippie type in them. It's like, it was like, uh, uh, if you're if you're horribly constipated today, don't worry. Tomorrow you'll have horrendous diarrhea. <laughs> and it's like, it was about heroin. Yeah. Right? It was like, yeah. like about, about being hooked on heroin. But it looked, it looked great. But it looked and then great. when you read and, it, and you it, realized it, it was bad. It dragged you in. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, I just found it to be... Remarkable. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. So I started taking experience. So I started taking classes at School of Visual Arts. Okay. Because School of Visual Arts had uh, $300 classes or $200 classes or something like that. At night. And and you could, you could, uh, and you could take them. So I, um, I, uh, I ended up going to, to, to the street here. Yeah. At 23rd and uh, 3rd. And, uh, uh, you know, I was like going in there and trying to like do my best. However, the classes were like 25 to 30 people. Yeah. Uh, there was always like varying degrees because they were continuing ed classes. So mm-hmm. they were like varying degrees of crazy in there. Like I, I felt <laughs> like this this same person, not same person, but like the, uh, the effects, same type. a facsimile showed up in like different classes. Yeah. was like there was like some old wealthy woman who would come in like wearing furs and diamonds and be like, well, I just thought I'd have a lark and maybe yeah, learn yeah. about advertising a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And like they would come in and they would have like terrible campaigns and like yeah. the rest of us were really trying to like get a job here and you'd have yeah. these types of people. Yeah. So um, I took uh, I took a couple classes and I ha- had a cu- – my first class was with – oh, um, it's going to hurt my feelings that I can't remember his name because he was awesome. 
But anyway, he was this he was this great guy. I'm going to tell you who he was. He was the guy who came up with the "Can you hear me now?" Oh, at okay. Verizon, right? Oh, but back when it was at Bozell. Yeah. And uh, he was a great guy, yeah. and uh, he was part of like writing that campaign, and he. Uh, and then he left to start his own agency and tried to take Verizon. Uh-huh. And I think he did for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then like the ad world like I think was really very angry with him for doing that. Right. But anyway, he uh, – you know, it was six or seven classes into a 10-class thing and we're all putting up hundreds of pieces of work across an entire thing. Yeah. And he kind of just came over and was like, you're good at this. You should keep doing this. Oh, and wow. I was like – you know, like it was the only kind of one-on-one feedback you got in a class like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like – it meant a lot, you know? Yeah. So I ended up taking a second class with Dan Morales uh-huh. uh, at uh, – Who was at Cliff Freeman probably who, at the time. And, and he held his class at Cliff Freeman. Ah. And that's when I fell in love with creativity. Boom. Because you walked into Cliff Freeman and it was like this oaken, it had like all yeah. this oak and yeah. wood. Not, or not oak, but it was like wood. Yeah. There was, it was, it and had. There a, were uh, awards all around the. Ogilvy, Ogilvy the felt. Corners. Ogilvy felt corporate, massive, and exciting. Right. And all But red, like a law firm. But like of. a law firm and yeah, big. Yeah. yeah. You went into Cliff Freeman. It was like a clubhouse. It was a clubhouse. Yeah. And yes, you're absolutely right. There were trophies running up and just, down the floor, just laying on the floor, uh, laying on the floor because like garbage because because because, <laughs> because that's because that's how many they were winning. Yeah. So we took this class at, at at there, and I had a great time with Dan. Again, there was a there was a, a little bit of a tacit encouragement out of Dan, like hey, yeah. like yeah, like he said. I think one night when like three of us were left in the class, yeah. nobody else was coming, and he was like you. You guys are the good ones. Right. Earlier in the in the quarter, the other thing I took away from him was earlier in the quarter, he got frustrated one night with the class and was like, you know what? I mean, honestly, folks, if you want to do this, you should just leave and go to like Creative Circus right? or you know, one of those schools, Creative Circus. And right. I was like, okay. I was like, okay, there are whole schools for this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometime around this time, yeah. sometime around this time. And are you still at Ogilvy at this time? Well, sometime around this time, the dot-com boom comes crashing Uh, down. I do remember that. Uh, So my client was People PC with their brilliant idea. Brilliant uh, business model. Gone. I'm no accountant. Another another client was Streamline.com. Gone. Yeah. Got Streamline. (laughs) Another client was something that wasn't even pets.com. Yeah. Not only did they go, but pets.com went as well. Right. So I was like, I was down to having no accounts. Everybody was like, it was like, uh, it was like, there was a, a sinking, it was a sinking Titanic and there was one rowboat yeah. and we're all trying to get on IBM and Jaguar, which yeah, are the yeah, only yeah. two accounts we have left. Yeah. And eventually. I think they're still there. I was also by this point, like pretty much over screwing off. I pretty much over stopped being a media planner. Yeah. So eventually when it d- did come down, it was like, this person doesn't have the passion. I didn't want to work on IBM at that time. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, and there wasn't enough business on Jaguar. So I was right. like, that's fine. Uh, so I got laid off. Yeah. Which was fine. Um, I actually took some money I had saved and I went to Europe and I backpacked in Europe for a little bit and wow. hung out and uh, had a lot of fun and then came back. And uh, I was, uh, uh, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, I really want to do this creative thing. Uh-huh. And I looked around and the landscape was horrible. It was yeah. 2001. Right. It was 2001 and it was June. Pre, pre yeah. Pre June. Now, yeah. And I was like, there's no way the world can get any worse than it is right now. Yeah. It's just, it just can't. I remember that it just summer. Can't. I just remember can't. that summer yeah. and thinking, ugh, 
George W. Bush, terrible president. He's just sitting yeah. around doing nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, I long for those days. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so again, going back to, I don't like to ask for help. I had not yet had to ask my parents for any help or anything like that. But I was starting to be like, wow, going to Europe was a stupid idea. Like, oh, really? I'm really, really broke. You're starting to sweat. I'm it. really broke. And I'm like, I'm almost out of my money that I've saved. And like, am I going to have to like lose this apartment that I've like just like I've got? Now you're in Manhattan? Uh, no, I, I was actually, I had moved over to Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Okay. Early, early guy in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah. So I move over, uh, I'm over there and I'm in, a, you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot more expensive now to live. Is, uh, cheap. A step com- up from the. Cheap, uh, com- cheap compared to now, but still it was like I was, you know, on my own. Yeah. So I, again, go to the New York Times, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, looking through classifieds. What can I do? I'll do anything. Again, I'm not sold on doing anything and I will do anything. Yeah. What ended up being anything was I ended up, uh. Uh, I saw this thing and I was like, I can't believe that. It's like, they need high school teachers for New York City public schools now and it's June. Yeah. I was doing that campaign. By the time. I was working on that campaign. Well, guess what? That exact moment. It worked. Wow. I applied for. Josh Kilmer Purcell and I were doing that campaign at Chayette. I applied for a job to become a New York City public school teacher. Holy crap. And their thing was. For the schools that we're desperate for. Now, look, we give lots of good jobs right. to teach for America kids right. in schools that are up and coming. Right. But there's a whole bunch of schools that are never going anywhere. Yeah, and everyone knows it. And yeah, everyone yeah, knows yeah. it. Right. And we just need, again, warm bodies, warm bodies. To, 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 to fill yeah. those rooms. Yeah. So I end up becoming a, uh, a, a 10th and 11th grade English teacher. That's crazy. At uh, Harry S. Truman High School in the Bronx. Wow. And uh, – at that time, by the way, this is the 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 principal, Sandra Nasser, turned that school around. And it was like her third year I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was starting to Wait, the, you were there for three years? No, I or was her, her third year. It was yeah, her, yeah, third, yeah. her third year. Yeah. So she turned that school around. It's now actually like a very good performing high school for yeah. you know for its for its socioeconomic student base. Right. But when I when I went there, uh Sandra had just started turning it around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the claim to fame that year was uh, more calls to 911 than any school in New York. Uh-huh. But this was a skewed stat because they were calling on everything to try to get the bad kids right. in order. We right. will call the cops. Right, right, but right. I had uh, I had uh, an amazing year. I had I started with 150 kids between five classes. Yeah. A lot of kids don't show up in these schools. So I basically between five classes, I had about uh, 110, 120 kids. Yeah. Then like 14 days into the school year, but yeah. I'll go back to something that happened earlier. 14 days in the school year, one of the teachers who also just needed a job and came there, threw up his hands and was like, I'm out of here. So just I quit and walked away. So I ended up with I ended up with one more class where I was getting more money. So yeah. I was, you know. So I had like 140 kids, yeah. you know, because I had an extra class. Um, this is – so this is my story. On my second week there, yeah, second full week there, uh, everyone's always late to class. Mm-hmm. Uh, second class of the day, kids are particularly late. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pissed because I'm just starting to get in my rhythm. Yeah. They're particularly late. So I'm like so – they start wandering in a class and they're – and someone's like – 
Yo, mister, they just flew a plane into the buildings downtown. And I was like, yeah, sure they did. Sit down. <laughs> Another kid wandered and said, yo, mister, mister, you can see the smoke from the, the buildings downtown. I was like, oh, my God, they've gotten all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gotten all together. On a story. And by the way, uh, my class was internal facing into like, right. a courtyard. Yeah. So I was like, so eventually after like the eighth kid came in, I was like, I'm not believing it. I'm not buying it. You're not getting the new teacher over on this one. <laughs> Get in class. We're doing English. I'm like, I don't care if they're setting off nukes downtown. We're doing English this morning. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, we went through 41 minutes. And then I walked out in the hall and it felt really weird. Yeah, like yeah. no one was rowdy. Yeah. Everyone was like kind of scared. Yeah. Again, still back before kids had cell phones. So you had kids with pagers and like their parents were paging them. Right. And they were like, mister, my, my mom wants me to call call and things like this. So I like walk slowly down to the teacher's lounge and the teachers are in there around an a, like an AM FM radio. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, and you know, like people are like crying and whatnot. Wow. And I go running up the stairs. I go to running the up roof. the stairs to the seventh floor. And from the top, we were in the top of the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Top of the Bronx, you could just see the... The pillars of smoke just yeah. heading up. It was just yeah. crazy. Wow. So anyway, that's that's my nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> that's my nine yeah. eleven story. So uh, so anyway, what point did you like? You've taken what I'm astounded by is that you've you've taken all these jobs on at this point, and yep. you're sort of just free float where you are. So, and and uh, you know, full disclosure, Paul is right now freelancing here at Damasco Goldstein. And I've I meant to have him on the uh, podcast a while back, but uh, it's just more convenient. Like now. The right, it felt like the right <laughs> time. And uh, you're you're great at this. You're not just good at this. So what what do you think? And I'm also conscious of, of time. time, but uh, but what do you think is the uh, is this the story? Like how did, how did you go from that so, to where you are? So 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 here is uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to make this this quick because we've yeah. talked a lot about early career, right? Yeah. But anyway, but it's so, good. I think yeah. I think this is great for for kids that are listening to uh, and young people and and people maybe who that's I feel like it's great to hear those stories. So so look, I'm now teaching in school. Again, I'm very cynical. I'm very worried about the economy because, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there's been, you know, again, my dad's a broker, so it's like, like, you know, watching a lot of people have like lost fortunes, and mm-hmm. people are very angry at him, and you know, uh, and then now there's the September 11th, and I don't know what's going on, but some, yeah. some, somewhere halfway through that year of teaching kids, yeah. Ethan Frome, by the way, does not go over well with kids in co-op city. Right. It doesn't go over well with anybody. It's a terrible book. Right. But it's a particularly doesn't go over well with people who don't, who have no concept of what Vermont is. Right. You know, so right. Um, right. Uh, halfway through that year, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give up on being that thing that I want to be. Yeah. There's got to be a light at the end of this tunnel and I've got to go do this. Yeah. So I started again, towards the end of the year, I started saving money and I started saving, 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 putting money away. And uh, at the, sometime in the middle of the spring, I was like, Mom, Dad, I got accepted this thing called Creative Circus. I'm going to go to Atlanta. I'm going to go down for two years. Right. And uh, I went down and, uh, you know, I, I, I walked in a Creative Circus and I literally said to myself, walking in, I said, I am going to graduate early from this place because I don't have the money to right. be here. I was again back to a very cheap rent. I was back to $400 rent because I was so broke I rented a room – in uh, in uh, two uh, two guys who lived together, yeah, uh, who uh, lived in the, slept slept in the same room, right. And I was like, you know, and I'm always been cool with that. It's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. But it was like, 
two total strangers. And I was like, they're like, we're renting a room and it's on like Craigslist. And I was like, I've never met you, but I'll be down there in a week and I'm going to live with you. <laughs> and uh, we we became great friends. Yeah. Uh, I took them out to dinner the night they got married uh, here in New York years That's later. Awesome. Uh, they came to my wedding. Uh, they're great guys. But, um, you know, but I you was, didn't know anything about them and you were just like, fine, no, let's do this. Fine, let's do this. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Atlanta. So I didn't yeah. know you needed a car. I brought a bike. I didn't, I biked in the rain to yeah. school because I was like, I just didn't have the money. Yeah. I, uh, but I went and I lived at that school. And I said, if I'm going to be down here at school yeah. and I'm going to live off this money that I've saved up, right. I'm going to live at this school. Yeah. And everyone knew this. When that's, when Creative Circus closed at night, I was the last one in there on those computers. I was just sitting in there like just writing headlines, whatever. Yeah. Again, to this point, took every assignment, every assignment, just worked at them. Right. What's more is, I was very lucky. I got a few teachers who were first quarter teachers yeah. who were also teaching older quarters. And they would occasionally be like for basically students who were having problems with relating to other people sometimes in their older quarters. Mm-hmm. Be like, you should go ask Paul Fix if he can write you some copy. Or you need a third headline, but your writer doesn't want to work on it. I think Paul Fix would probably help you wow. out. And it's just like – so early on – by my fourth quarter, by my fourth quarter, I had like, and it was way too much, but I had like 50 pieces already right. in my book right. because all of these people would come to me and be like, I thought this up with these people. They didn't like my art direction. Then I didn't like their headlines. And then they were like, F you. Yeah, so much of that. And in school. In school, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, your art direction is pretty. And I, because I had never seen art direction. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, I'll, I'll write you some headlines, and yeah. that's and that's what we did. Right, and it's like you know, for a lot of those people, like you know, there was uh, there was a uh, there was a uh, there was a kid from India, and he was deaf, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people had a lot of trouble communicating with him. Right, he also sometimes didn't listen because he was a really good art director, right. and he didn't want to listen to right. other people, so he didn't just not hear; he didn't listen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he and I worked on like five or six pieces. We got in show south. Wow. You know, just like because other people wouldn't work with him. He was like yeah. a six-quarter student. I was a first-quarter student. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's fine. But anyway, so after a, after a, a few quarters, and then this is, by the way, this is where I end up meeting Lauren, who runs Ad House. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I sent a whole stack full of work to CMYK. Mm-hmm. CMYK was the student magazine of yeah. all student work, and I sent a whole bunch of work from different art directors and myself to uh, CMYK to try to get in CMYK. Right. And uh, – Lauren was working at Kirschenbaum, being creative recruiter for wow. Rob Feekins. Wow. So she got hundreds of pieces from all these people. She laid them all out. And apparently Rob got to this slew of work and yeah. was like, we're putting that in. Let's put that in. Right. We should put that in, but I don't like the art direction or I don't like this. We should put that. Who is this guy? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's the, the art director is this person. The art director – but the writer is all the same. Rob Feekins was like, I want to have him up here tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. so I was in like my – I was just going into my seventh quarter and they were like – Kirschenbaum called and they were like, hey, do you want to come to New York? Wow. And so I came to New York and I wore the same gray flannel suit. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Because I still had the same gray flannel suit from Ogilvy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like this – you know, that was, like, that was that cheap off-the-rack suit you get from yeah. like when you walk out of college. Sure. And like Rob was like, "What? What are you? What are you wearing?" 
I was like, I, he did. He called you out. <laughs> he like totally called me out. He's wearing jeans and like yeah. a button down. But God, he looks so good. Yeah, he's so good looking. Yeah. Um, he has great hair. And that place was cool. It was super cool. Yeah. And they had just like been written up in Ad Week, and so there I was. And so, uh, you know, I get this call from uh, getting the CMYK thing. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, uh, and that's when you were a full fledged creative, full fledged junior copywriter. And since then, you went on to uh, BBDO. Yeah. Uh, well, first it was Atmosphere BBDO. Yeah. Which is the the digital side. When I got out of Kirshenbaum, I was like, I better learn how to do digital, because oh really? Yeah. I mean, I had been making TV and radio, but I was right. like, I was like, you know, when right as I was leaving Kirshenbaum, Dot Glue was winning business. Right. And regular Kirschenbaum was like kind of like slowing because Rob had left, right. and Steve Doppelt had left, right. like and a, like a lot of the really good people, the really good people. But yeah. yet the, the digital side was coming up. I was like, I need to learn that side. Yeah. So I went to Atmosphere. Atmosphere got rolled into BBDO. Yeah, uh, ended up working with Cabot Norton, this great, great, great creative director. Not to mention a whole bunch of wonderful other people. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, and my and my longtime partner Carlos Fernandez met yeah. him there. We yeah. were paired together. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dominic, and you guys were partners at JWT later on when yep. I when I met you. Yep. And uh, so then we then from uh, BBDO we went to JWT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a bunch of work under Jeremy Poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, met amazing people. You being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just wonderful people at, at JWT. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, we uh, got tapped by Steve Doppelt, who was my uh, my first boss at Kirschenbaum. And he asked me if he wanted me to come over and help him uh, do uh, The Most Interesting Man in the World oh, uh, wow. over at uh, Euro. Yeah. And we went over there. And, uh, so that was already going that campaign. That, that campaign was to, that yeah, campaign was already to going it to the next level. Yeah. What, what was going on was that they – they were still loving the broadcast, but they were about to lose digital business. Right. And so Steve was like, well, this is great. I know a guy who can – who I like as a writer. Yeah. Who I think could help us write. Yeah. But better off, he could do the digital stuff. Right. Uh, and then I got there and uh, like a few weeks later, uh, they were like, sorry, Steve. And uh, not because of us. Right. Uh, but uh, the, he the, – the, the, the relationship just was sour. You right, know, right. And so we ended up, Carlos and I ended up staying on and uh, we ended up doing a bunch of digital stuff and a bunch of social stuff and a bunch of right. broadcast stuff. And, you know, we, you know, we tried to, we tried to keep the broadcast good. Yeah. And, you know. Right. Not to, not to not be humble, but according to the award shows, we kept it okay. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we did fine. Yeah. Uh, but we also did things like win Facebook cubes and webbies and win, you know, like, you know, so. Right. We did a lot of fun things with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we had a, we had a really really good time with it. Yeah. And then um, come to, come uh, about twenty fifteen, it was uh, it was time to be. Uh, I want to go exploring. Yeah. And uh, is that the first time that you went freelance? Uh, first time I went freelance voluntarily. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, the end of the, the end it's of the big, cr- it's a big step to yeah. go freelance voluntarily. Yeah. It, it it is it is and it's uh, you know the thing is it's a really exciting time. Out yeah. in, the, in the industry. It's a terrifying time. Yeah. It's also an exciting time. It was also a terrifying time when you got in. It's it's, it's never not a terrifying it's time. It's never not a terrifying time. It's, you know, it's uh, – when I left uh, – when I left uh, uh, Havas, Euro had become Havas. Mm-hmm. When I left Havas, 
Uh, the reason why was I had an opportunity to go over work at Co Collective mm-hmm. uh, for on a, an extended long freelance. I couldn't. I couldn't. Time I, on to you who you worked for at JWT. Yeah, had and, started Co Collective. Uh, and I freelanced there. That was my first freelance yeah. gig uh, out of JWT. And it was. It was. Uh, they were essentially guaranteeing that we could. You know that we could like stay for a few months. Yeah. Great. And I. I had kids yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I couldn't just jump with no with no safety net. Yeah. But that was good. But the bigger thing was I want to understand, like, how was a strategy shop, uh, a strategy-led right. shop? What's that like? Yeah. And then we went over and I was working with a partner, Jamie Overcamp, at this point, And we went uh-huh. over and worked at Johannes Leonardo. Uh-huh. And we had a great time working over there. And then we, you know, we got a chance to go in gray when gray was still uh, – yeah. and gray is still hot. But, like, yeah. when it was still particularly hot. And we got, got a chance to work over there and – we got you, you. We got you guys to throw in a couple of a bunch of scripts for something. I remember uh, uh, for Hello Fresh Kings or oh ha- Hello, Hello Fresh Hello Fresh. Fresh. That's right. You guys made one of them. We did. Yeah, that's right. You did. That's right. You guys did a great job. That's right. Hey, and, we did. And, and, and know, I was like, sorry, I got to go make this with. I wanted to bring you guys in, but it, you know what? That is the that is the curse of the freelancer. The curse of the freelancer is you have to be willing to let other people play. Yeah, and when you can, can when you when it's yours, and I think you get to control things. Your whole your whole career, I think, um, is a good example of just it's going to be okay. Don't try to don't try to control things. Don't try to force things. Just go with whatever's happening. Do your best. Uh, trying hard, working hard, and being nice is uh, is everything. Working hard, working hard, and being nice. In my opinion, I think that sometimes. Uh, the mean people currently, especially with our, our media landscape, mm-hmm. I think the mean people get to be the loudest right now. Right. And they get to be the most listened to. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes they'll be the ones who talk most about themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, perception that they're the most successful. Right. And perhaps they are. I don't I, I don't get to look at all their tax returns. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh I don't I don't get to see like how much how much they make. Mm-hmm. But uh I've had a I've had a lot of fun being nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a great and I mean and by that. the way, there's and you, po- and you you make good money. No, and there's by the way, and there's probably somebody right now listening who's like that asshole thinks he's nice. He was the biggest cocksucker to me ever. <laughs> you know you, what I mean? Were you a cocksucker to somebody? I, you know, I, I think at, I think at one point, towards the end of college, my, my, my roommate and best friend yeah. told me he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy fucking hates you. He thinks you're a total cock." <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and literally, and this yeah. is not, this is not me being not humble, but I was right. like, who thinks like what did I do? Yeah, who thinks I'm, I'm an a asshole? Guy. Yeah, like, but you know. So there's always a possibility. There's always somebody who thinks there's always you're an somebody. Asshole. There's always somebody who thinks you're an asshole. And don't worry about it. <laughs> and and you can't. But you know, all you can do is is you can try to love yourself. Yeah, you can try to be as good to people as possible. Yeah, and pass it on. I will say this. So, and I'm I'm being very genuine about this. It is not the money that keeps me uh, teaching at Ad House. Mm. I every quarter no it's trimester let's call them trimesters because there's three a year sure every trimester for the past eight years i've been like this is my last one this is it this is it i'm done yeah and i don't need to do this again and i get i get a certain just i just get i just get a good feeling at the end of it where i'm like you know what yeah all those people along the way i know what i know this story sounded like i did it all myself right but like 
all the, along the way. Yeah. There were people who like gave – who volunteered their time. Dan Morales right. and uh, uh, the guy – I can't remember his name. It makes me feel really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the the principal who gave me a job, Jillian Beck who gave me a job. Like right, all right. these people helped me along the way. Yeah. And it's like they got – the nothing. team at Ogilvy who the team, hired team at you even though you knew nothing, nothing. about what you were doing. All yeah. these people gave me a chance. All these people gave me a shot. The best thing you can do is just like share what you have with them. Right. And in the class that we in the class that we do, it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's actually it's actually really funny. The, the, the way I start the, my very first class is I always say there are um, at a certain point mm-hmm. you are going to want somebody to be a total asshole and tear your portfolio apart. Mm -hmm. This is not going to happen in this class. Mm. What I'm going to do is every time you put up work, I'm going to try to find an idea in here that works. And I say this to the class. I was like, part of our job in learning this is, I always say this, and I say this in every class. My belief is stupid people can always tell you what's wrong with something. Mm. Smart people can tell you what's right with something that seems wrong. Mm. And my my thing in the class is, I'm like, I don't want anyone in here raising their hand and being like, Nissan did it. Oh, <laughs> Nissan did it. Seen ne- it. Seen it. Seen it. You know? Yeah. Or, God, that's so stupid. Like, I don't get it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I tell people is I go, and I, I do this, to every person who presents their work, I say, what do you like? Yeah. Learn that from Steve Doppelt. He used to do that to us. What do you like? What do you like? Always ask that first. Yeah. Because you might learn something, you know? Right, right. What do you like? And then I ask the other people in the class, I say, say, now, what do you like? Mm. I'm not asking what do you think. I'm asking what do you like? Right. And sometimes we'll have people in the class who they've never done advertising before and they put down, just between us, utter crap. Right. And it is that fight to like, well, I like the second half of that headline. Right, right. Because it's constructive. Yeah. It's constructive. Yeah. And when I tell people the reason why we do this in the class is because I've had a lot of partners over the years. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of partners. Kirshenbaum was a, a not, mono, not monogamous, right? Right. Uh, at least it wasn't when I was working there. Eventually, I ended up being monogamous with, with James Dean. Well, you, you find people yeah, yeah, that you, yeah. that you And then Matt Barkley. But, yeah. like, I was always moved around to different people, which yeah. helped me learn. Yeah. But uh, – and then that's happened. You know, I had Carlos for a long time and I had Jamie over camp for a bit. And that's mm-hmm. like I, – I, you know, I love all these people. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, especially now as a free freelancer, I'm right. like – I'm expected to kind of go around and jump in with anybody. Yeah. What I've found is there is – there are only two types of partners in the world. Mm-hmm. Only two types of partners in the world. There's 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 the people who are like yes partners mm-hmm. and there's people who are like no partners. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true of clients. You, it's true of everybody. You're yeah. always going to get farther with the yes partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when my partner sits there and throws the worst idea I've ever heard, yeah. I'm always like this. I'm like, huh. Well, that's interesting. That's cool. Because I've had partners where I throw the worst idea and they go, no. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. No, that's dumb. Yeah. No. And the thing is, I shut down. Yeah. I stopped throwing ideas. Even, even now, I do that. Even now, I, I sometimes I'll say like, "Oh, now you're just saying no to me, and I'm getting angry." Yeah, like I, I'll just like uh, I'll point it out about yeah. myself. And uh, but it does. You can you can't help it. Yeah. So be constructive. And so and so, but when you say yes, one of two things happens with your partner. When you say yes, okay, let's explore that. Yeah. One of two things happen. One, or maybe one of three things. Okay. One. They 
through your positivity and walking through it, they realize they had a stupid idea. Right. Now, you don't have to tell them they're stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've learned themselves, and they, yeah. and they got there. And they appreciate the fact that you went on the walk with them. Right, right. Okay? Number two, you find out that you're the one who's stupid. Yes. You, you had a great idea. Or... And you were now a part of that idea. Right, you didn't, right, it didn't, right. didn't have to be they went home and did it themselves and came back in and showed the creative director. Yeah. And now you feel like, oh, I, I, how can I put my name on this? Yeah. No, no. You helped, you, you helped yourself learn yeah. something that you didn't, didn't know. Yeah. Or third— you guys take a walk together, you or you girls, you, or yeah. you guys and girls, take yeah. a walk together, and you get to a much, much better place. Right. But you win with yeah. all three of those all things. All three, you win. But when you yeah. say no— You're never going to be— you lose. The only way you lose is if you say no, because then yep. they can be like, well, you don't get it, and I'm just going to go home and do it myself. Yep. And and, uh, and that's and that's pretty much over what I did for my entire career. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, media, good. Me, sure. I want to be a writer, but media planner sounds cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, not even no. media planner. I, I'll just do Excel spreadsheets. Okay. I, I want to be a I want to be a writer, but yeah. high school teacher, cool. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad you did, and I'm so glad you were here, Paul. Oh, Tom. And, uh, I'm we, glad we don't to have be a producer, here. which is why this episode is so goddamn long. Yeah. But I loved it. I had a great time. I I, I had fun. I could I could do another hour. I. Let's keep it rolling. Matt's, uh, no. Matt's like, no, we got to no, go. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Tom. <coughs> Tom, thank you. Where can people find you on the internet to uh, ask you things and, and uh, send you uh, love letters? Hit me on LinkedIn. Hit me on Facebook. Okay. Uh, Instagram. Paul Fix, F-I-X. Paul Fix, F-I-X. Uh, I don't post very much on Instagram, but if you want to follow right. me, I'm a WMD Finder. WMD Finder? Yeah. I don't think I even follow you. No, nah, probably don't. All right. Yeah, nobody follows me. I'm Mongo Industries. Oh, on, uh, wait, I think I do. Wait, on, uh, you know what? I think I think I was about to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. I'm going to follow you. Yeah, let's I, follow each yeah, other. Absolutely. From now on. I'm trying to lay off the social media. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. It's not a good thing. Yeah. You know what? It's you, maybe bad for the for – because the, none of that could have happened if you had social yeah. media. Do you know where you can also find me? Uh, where? By the way, which I will say oh, is yeah. it, it's, it is a social media thing. Mm-hmm. Um. No, it's a social media thing. Oh, okay. Good. But we, we could, I was going to say ad house. Yeah, you can find house NYC. But okay, you know, you, uh, and this is not because if we don't say <coughs> it, then this is not the world's longest commercial, by the way. But if you if you want to, we'd love to have you at ad house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where you can also find me though. <coughs> now I'm about to die at the tuberculosis at clinic. the tuberculosis clinic on Roosevelt Island. Yeah, you know that's what that thing is at the end yeah. of Roosevelt Island. Yes, right? I know. Um, you can find me at. Uh, uh, you can find me anonymously on Fishbowl. Fishbowl. Every once in a while when there's a really I'm good question. I'm not qu- doing it. When they're, fine. I refuse to do it. <coughs> but anonymously when there's a really good question on there, sometimes I'll jump on. And apparently people like my comments. So it's good. Mm. <coughs> there All goes right. my ego. There goes my ego. We found it. We found Paul's ego. Yeah. It's, a, it's on Bumble. Bumble? <coughs> I'm going to die. Bumble? No. Yeah. Fishbowl. Not Fishbowl. Bumble. Yeah. Not Bumble. Not it's Bumble. not on Bumble. Mrs. Fix. No, not on, not on Tinder. Not on Grinder. Nope. Nope. All right. Thanks, Tom. Bye. Bye. And that was my chat with Paul Fix. He's a really great guy. He's a uh, he's a professional. He's done it all. He's been there. He uh, he uh, knows the most interesting man in the world. There's a lot. There's a lot to learn from Paul. And you can if you just take a class at Ad House Advertising School. Just go to adhousenyc.com and sign up, and you'll meet Paul yourself. You can talk to him on your own podcast. Gosh darn it. I want to thank Matt Stillo, our engineer, 
and Casey Valigurski, our producer. And this has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe us on the iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, contact us through adhousenyc.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>